welcome to the Meeting of Minds podcast. Um, you're very welcome here. And today I've got a great guest for you. Um, we are talking, I am talking to Martin today. Now, I don't know Martin at all, really. I only know what I've seen on Instagram and I literally met him ooh, 10 minutes ago now. So I am really excited to talk to him, to get to know him more, to get to know his story. and. Um, you know, I can't wait for you to hear it too. So, Martin, good morning. Morning, you're right. I am. I'm great, thank you. And um, thank you so much for spending, coming here and spending your time talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the offer as well. I was really excited. A little bit nervous, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just a chat and, you know, it, 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 it it's just a chat. And, um, so can you tell me, us, the listeners, a little bit um, a little bit about yourself now? You know, obviously we know your name's Martin, where'd you come from? Just a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Um, so originally I was born in Scotland, but um, my dad got a job down here when I was six months old. So I've been living in Essex pretty much all my life. Uh, I'm a father to two beautiful children. Um, married. Um, I work as a assistant manager in a leisure centre. Um, I enjoy spending my time sort of promoting Nakoa, which I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's me. Cool. And, and tell me about your children. Um, have you got one of each? I know you've got a daughter. Are they both? I can't. Yeah. Yes, I've got a daughter who's three, Elsie, yeah. and a five-month uh, boy, Charlie. Cool. I'm very blessed to have one of each. And yeah, and how how's that going? I mean, that you know, there's not a massive age gap, is there? So how's that going? It's not bad. It's definitely an adjustment <laughs> to life, but I'm a lot more tired. But I love yeah. I love it. I love watching them grow. And when they do new things, it's you know, I feel really blessed. Yeah, I've always fixed. wanted a family when I was younger. So yeah, very lucky um, to have that. Yeah, good, good. That's amazing. Um, Cool. So you've already mentioned Nakoa there, and um, I came across you um, because I think I think you did an interview with Josh, and um, I think I saw Josh post about you or or something. Because actually, I've never really trawled uh, Instagram to find COAs. I just know that they kind of come to my into my uh, awareness I don't know at the right time maybe and um one day I saw him post about you and I love your um you know your picture is the superhero and you are yeah. you post as COAs are superheroes um because of course like me you're a COA a child yeah. of an alcoholic um and um can you tell me how you discovered what, what's your story about discovering that you know being the child of an being the child of an alcoholic is a thing? Um, so it must. Uh, I was twenty, so I'm thirty four now, about twenty eight, and um, I had just helped a friend set up a charity football match. He'd done it for a local hospital, but what I really liked about it is really passionate about that. Um, so when I was at home. I was watching my favourite film, Man of Steel. I was like, oh, I'd love to do a skydive. But I wanted to do it about something that I was really passionate about or something that 
um, I could give a lot of input in. And I thought, oh, well, you know, growing up and um, obviously with parents drinking a lot, I thought oh, maybe there's something, a charity maybe that, that does that. Like there's fantastic charities that help um, people with addiction and stuff. But what about like me? Like who's out there to help me? Yeah. And um, I think I just opened Google. I just randomly typed something like children of alcoholics. And mm -hmm. literally the first thing that came was Nakoa. I was immediately drawn to it because, um, funny enough, my favourite colours are yellow and blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, I like, I like the colour already, but like um, started reading through it and literally I was, I was so happy. I was really emotional that there was something out there. Um, but what shocked me more is, um, so they do sort of posts about where people tell their stories and actually I was like, wow, there's, I'm, I'm not alone. Like it isn't just happening to me and probably a lot of people think to begin with, oh, you know, it's me or, you know, no one else is dealing with it. But I was, yeah, I was really emotional because I found something and I, I read through it and it was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've then done a few posts online, uh, got really good feedback. And then here's from um, Nakoa messaged me saying, look, do great posts. You, would you be happy for us to put it on the website and yeah just kind of built it through that really but it was amazing it was amazing finding something like Nakoa. yeah and after i mean you said you were 28 so after all those years of living with your circumstances and feeling like you were alone because we all feel like it's just us um that must i can yeah i can really sort of feel how 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 much of a big deal that must have been for you to sort of feel like you could find a group of people the the more there are more people out there that you can share share stories with even if you're just reading their story and you're reading and they're reading yours yeah exactly i mean what what was good as well is when you read a lot of people's stories that are things i was like oh you know, I felt that way or, or that happened to me and it was really relatable. Um, I think what also shocked me is I believe the charity started in 96, if yeah, I'm correct. Something like, like that, yeah. Been around for, for quite a while and yeah, it was um, it was surprising, but I'm really glad I found it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you, um, actually, I won't tell my story just yet. We'll come on to it, but I'm really intrigued how you when you decided you wanted to find a charity to um to to do the skydive for and you were thinking okay what can i do what can i be passionate about what 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 is meaningful to me that that you knew to look for something to do with children of alcoholics uh i think it was two things like the first one is obviously um i went for a lot as a um so yeah, well, child and that. So my parents broke up at 16. Um, and then from there, kind of spiraled. Unfortunately, it ended quite badly. And they separated. Mum moved away. And you kind of, at first, I didn't really notice any changes. But then, like, people's behaviour changed. And then um, I think when I discovered that, obviously, um, 
that um, one of them was kind of like lying to me about about it. So um, I remember I used to walk past a pub in uh, Braintree, is where I used to live, and um, I, I I asked, I, I saw the van uh, outside the pub, and I was like, oh, how was work? Oh, I was busy in London. I was like, well, that can't be right because I've seen your van outside the pub, and I think it was like one o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. And then I didn't really say a lot. I just just went on with it but obviously things got worse at home Um, and then I knew there's kind of like a problem in that and I had to deal with a lot emotionally and things like that and I think at the time when I was looking for a charity that felt like I went through so much I was like oh I need to find a charity that can I can promote to help people like me so that's kind of my yeah process and also growing up like I didn't really sounds bad, but I didn't really see my parents as role models because of what was going on. Um, but Superman was a good role model. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, growing up, it was nice to, you know, watch someone trying to help people and just kind of forget like what was going on inside my life. So yeah, because that's that that's the thing, isn't it? When it when it's going on and you're right in the thick of it, um, you do try and suppress it somehow push it to push it away pretend it's not going on um and I don't know so for me we never talked it was never mentioned at home you know it was that sort of dirty secret that had to be kept quiet and that to the outside world you you know um oh yeah you know it so it was my mum that drank and it was like oh you know she knows how to have a good time but it was like yeah but behind behind the walls in in home it was a much um you know it, it wasn't so it, it wasn't just having a good time it really spiraled into something really um really different and and really unpleasant and really um dangerous at times so did did, did you find that that it was something that could you talk about it to anybody um, I I didn't speak so obviously I, I met an amazing group of friends um who i they kind of probably knew something was going on, but I didn't really talk about it. I definitely didn't talk about how I felt about it and things like that. So yeah. I never let on to anyone how, how it was emotionally affecting me. Um, I kind of just like survivor mode, just oh, I, I have to get on with it. Um, I would say it was probably well hidden, although there were times where it was kind of spilling over that line of being hidden. So, for example, I was getting... Uh, a lift back from football training and um, one of them had passed out on the road so unfortunately I had to get out of the car and and pick him up and take him into the pub and sort of like leave him there so at times it was a little difficult to hide it Um, and there were were, so after the interview with Josh and I put it out there I used to have a friend who used to come around and he couldn't believe what went on but, um, so most of the time it was it was pretty well hidden, but there were times where you couldn't always hide it. No, and I suppose anybody who saw that thought it might be an isolated in- incident, but actually yeah. for you, your reality is that that was going on all the time. That's kind of your that was your normal. Yeah, it was it was very often, and but people only like for example the one I just gave like yeah. yeah I totally agree. They thought um, this isolated incident. Someone's having a good time. It, you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. No, I'm, I'm, you know, 
I'm sorry you had to go through all that. Um, yeah. Um, so you talked there about how it, it, you know, you did you knew it was affecting you emotionally, did you? Um, I think it, to begin with, it did. It really upset me, especially when they were lying and I knew they were lying. I think that really upset me. But as events kept happening, it was becoming more frequent, uh, frequent. I became like, went into survivor mode. So I was like, if I, I didn't have time to feel and, and be emotional and stuff because something else would happen. So yeah. I kind of just shut down and just, I, I would have like little bits where I'd be a little bit upset and I'm like, nope, so I've got, you know, got to carry on because something else will happen. Um, and then I kind of just learned to switch off and then I became really detached to my emotions because I was just trying to get through day by day. Yeah. You know, obviously I've got this at home, but obviously I'm 16, 17, growing up, you know, learning, going into work and various other things that you have to learn through life. So yeah. I felt like I just, I didn't have time for it. So I just had to sort of plow on. But Yeah, that's a lot going on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked you about that. I, I asked you that question about, did you know that you, it was affecting you emotionally? Because, um, you know, I, and I'm sure, you know, there's probably people listening who I, 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 see, I shut down really young, I think, and I wasn't aware it was affecting me emotionally. I just thought I couldn't cope with it. So there was mm. something wrong with me. So um, I'm always really interested in hearing people who have a different experience who kind of um, come to the place that I suppose I I came to in the end, but you came to it later. So, uh, you know, it's different. There's not one is worse than the other. It's just different, isn't it? But to mm. to have been emotionally aware and then to shut down is very different to being shut down from the beginning. And it it's just, you know, we all, I think the point I'm trying to make is we all deal with it in different ways. Yeah, I think um, also I didn't realise how, how much emotion I had with it till I moved out. So yeah. um, when I eventually got my house, I used to say to my wife, like, oh, it'd be great. You know, I move out and everything will be fine. You know, um, nothing will affect me and stuff. But what I wasn't prepared for that I didn't realise is what in case you don't need survivor mode anymore. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I didn't think I would ever get out of that situation. I thought it'd always be a part of my life. So I just accepted that and moved on. But I didn't think, oh, what a case. I come out of that situation and it was after discovering Nakoa and I started talking about it I didn't realize how much sort of emotion yeah and I'll be honest uh, like when I started feeling everything I just got completely overwhelmed with emotions and stuff like they say you know like when you slightly turn on a tap and then eventually it'll carry on running and it did feel like that and it was really overwhelming and then you know, looking back at now, I kind of realised how much I kind of hid away from myself. Yeah, I got goosebumps when you said that. Um, cause, yeah, because that that was kind of that was my experience as well. That I hid it for so long until something happened, and I everything you know, I I, I describe it like a volcano erupting, and it just literally all yeah. blew and spewed out, and. Um, and I was 47 at that stage. So I'd really kept it compressed. 
for all those years. And then when it just blew, it it, it blew. And, um, you know, it took me, I, you know, I was in therapy for three years to unpack it all, really. Um, it, 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 and it, it does come out eventually, doesn't it? It does. Um, one one way or another, or, or whenever that will be, it does come out. And um, it certainly did with me. Like, I just, I couldn't control it anymore. So yeah. I'll give you an example. So I was having a dinner around the friends and I just literally felt an overwhelming emotion to cry. Yeah. But we were, we were just watching TV, eating dinner. Yeah. But I could no longer like suppress the feelings so literally I had to leave so I was just so overwhelmed yeah. it's just an example of that of just everything releasing out of me yeah and was that after you'd left um home yeah yeah, yeah. When, I, when I moved out yeah do you think uh, do you think it's um when you find yourself in a safer space it it becomes kind of open okay to let it even if it's not necessary you know we don't want to be flooded with these feelings but do you think it's yeah. our body going oh I, I can't hold on to it any longer and it feels safer now yeah I, I would agree with that um and it's also the case of when you when you no longer to be in survival like I'm, yeah. I'm opening the door to my home I'm like what am I going to walk into today and but when I'm walking into the home, my own home I know it's not going to be that bad so I feel much more relaxed but yeah. I'm so used to being in survivor mode but now yeah. I'm relaxing and calming down and then yeah like, like I said before I think yeah you kind of relax and it, that's when everything starts yeah I totally agree with you um and I'm I'm really impressed you got to that stage <laughs> a lot quick a lot quicker than I did you know it, 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 it but we all get like you said we all get to that stage at the time that we were, I don't know, were ready to perhaps. Mm. Um, and I definitely, I wasn't ready to until that happened. Um, so, so at that stage, you found that, you know, you'd moved out, you had your own home, you found Nicoa, and you un began, well, did you, so you don't, you knew really it was having an effect on you. Was that when you really discovered actually how big that effect was yes um, and yeah like I said before like how how it affect me mentally because obviously yeah. all these emotions were coming out and then I started feeling like things like I probably would have felt but I shut down like I felt unworthy because you know for me back then I thought my parents were choosing drink over me so obviously clearly there's something wrong with me yeah um, um and that's like sort of my train of thought when in there I just for a long period of time I, I just felt unworthy because you know I felt like people would I was getting chosen over something else so then I kind of okay I, I failed there but if I meet friends or do this I have to be perfect for them because I don't want to <laughs> I, I felt I let my parents down mm. and um, so whenever I met people I was like right I'm not going to let you down I will be here 100% I am the perfect person uh, unfortunately that's not realistic um, but that that became my train of thought for quite a while and <laughs> trying to be perfect is, is very tiring 
it's exhausting, isn't it? It is, and but because I grew up in that environment, I I felt this was normal behaviour. So, yeah. uh, you know, I had to be perfect for them. And like when I played football, I had to make sure I was perfect all the time. I didn't want to let anyone down because I felt if I let them down, they would probably feel like how my parents felt. Does that make sense? Which yeah. is a really really strange thing to say. Like my uh, like my friends as well. Like if I wasn't there for them, or you know, I let them down. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna feel like my parents, and then they will choose something over me. Yeah. Um, oh. Which which looking back is you know it that that wasn't the case at all whatsoever. But that's how my mind was for quite some time. I totally totally understand that. Um, that's very much been my process to the feeling like I I couldn't compete with alcohol and that um I so I wasn't good enough so I had to just try hard all the time so people pleasing perfectionism um achieving all those things were 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 my way of trying to be good enough yeah 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 I understand that yeah so um how how does it so so you're 34 now so has that been like six years of sort of working through this ish um mostly so for a while um I had a lot of struggles and things like that and then it wasn't until my wife sort of caught me at a vulnerable moment asked how I was and you know I told her I just for a long time I was like yeah I'm fine I'm typically brush it under the carpet I'm tired or work stressful or whatever but um, so I sat down and expressed my feelings and stuff and then um, looked for help so I had therapy for a little while um, and that really helped but I, what really helped for me was just reading the stories in the COA obviously what what's great that I found with the community is when I posted a lot, like people like Josh would message me, uh, loads of other people and just speaking to them. And I felt like I was kind of healing at the same time, yeah. like learning from their stories. And, you know, sometimes it is good because oh, I could implement that in my life. And I got to a point where last year, November, I kind of forgave. I I felt like I was ready to forgive my parents for what happened. Um, and that just made me feel so much better. I, I was, after everything and, you know, my therapy and learning from everyone, I, was, I felt like I was ready to be like, I, I can forgive them for what happened. I won't forget, but I, I forgive them. And plus I understand more why, you know, how my parents are not bad people. Um, I, don't, I don't think of them as bad people. Yes, it's unfortunate what happened, but people react to certain things in a certain way. And learning that side as well um, really made me feel a lot, made it like it. I'd understand more, I'm healing more, yeah, and I, I forgave him. And then what was good is that I learned that I was still, before I forgave him, I was still angry about it. And I had a lot of, what do you call it, like venom through your veins. I'm still. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. And, you know, I kind of realised, you know, I'm, I'm 34 and I, I don't want to carry on this way of, being so angry with them all the time and you know but at the time I was after making all the decisions I was like I'm in the right place to forgive them and you know I spoke to them 
I said, I forgive you. You know, I don't, I love them both dearly. So, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I, I never got to that stage with my mum and that's, that's amazing. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. Well done. And forgiving. Um, I love that, that you said that you can forgive but not forget. It's not about forgetting, is it? Because I do think there is this idea with, with a lot of things that happen in people's childhoods. So just forget it, just move on. But I, I, I find that that is absolutely not helpful. It, it's, it's, it's about coming to terms with it. And it is very much part of who we are now. So, yeah. it, it, you know, it's like for being told to forget a part of us in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but but actually we bring that part with us, don't we? And um, and and forgiveness really is is for is for you. Yeah, for you no, totally to let agree. go. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, during the healing process, you like you learn a lot. So I remember when I first read Nicole's stories, and people were saying like their parents were heroes and stuff like that, and I, I just could not understand it. For me but when I, before I forgave I realized it was because I was holding on to this anger and bitter about what went on and you know when I let that go I actually realized like they're both like wonderful parents they've done a lot for us just despite what went on so yeah sorry <laughs> no no and, and that I, I think that's incredible that you can talk about them like that actually because not everybody gets to that place um did you have? I mean, I, you know, I don't need to know details, but did you have you got siblings? Yes, I've got a brother. Yeah, um, so he was brother. going a younger brother. So you you felt the protective big brother bit as well, perhaps? Did you? Yeah, well, when when this was happening, he was. We were kind of crossing paths, so I don't think we were together in the same household for too long. Right. Like he went off to do his own thing, and then I moved out, and then I came back. So. Um, it was very rare that we were both at the same time, but okay. he was, obviously he had his own. I'm sure he has his own story to tell and things. Yeah, like of that. course. So, everyone's everyone's is different. Yeah, and um, oh, I had a, a great thing I wanted to say then, and I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> I I I just think um, I think you know um, you are breaking that pattern, aren't you? You know, you've come to perhaps understand your parents and and actually, you know, no, no, no parent wants to be an alcoholic. Nobody, nobody chooses that. Really. I mean, I. I, I think there's a time when there is a choice, but it's a choice of how do you numb this pain and you're yeah. going to numb it one way or another. And then so the choice is, OK, I choose alcohol. But then after that, it's like, OK, this works, this numbs this this pain and it sounds like you came to understand a bit more about your parents story yeah I mean yeah mom, and I I did too yeah yeah my mum went through a lot so yeah. I, I kind of understand like when I was younger she she was regularly in and out of hospital and things like okay. that bless her up um, yeah and I think they desperately tried to stay together for the kids but Obviously, it wasn't working and just, yeah, obviously it ended quite badly. But yeah, yeah, that was their reaction to obviously what had happened. So, yeah, yeah. And 
over the time that you've been um, healing, have your challenges changed? Do you think? Do you? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm still. Lear- I'm still learning to feel an emotion, I, I, because like when you've been in survival mode for so long, yeah. Um, I, like I, I'll give an example. So obviously, my mum passed this year, and um, I was slipping back into. Oh, I've got to keep myself busy because I'm still learning, like, to deal with like extreme emotion of like sadness and anger, and just let it, let it be. Yeah. And obviously with mum's passing obviously I felt a lot of emotion and stuff and I didn't deliberately do it but I just felt like I was slipping back into my way of you know I've got to be super busy and don't think about it and then I remember I got asked to work are you all right and I spent all night thinking about her and being emotional I turned around I was like yeah fine just a bit tired and stuff and then actually I was like oh hang on like this is not I haven't come this way to slip back into those sort of ways so I try and make a good effort to if someone asks me how I feel like I try and be truthful yeah um at that time whatever that may be um and also feeling that emotion as well so I'm kind of I feel like most of my CO journey I've kind of learned to deal with and stuff and now I'm just kind of well funny enough using that experience to make sure that I don't know if you could call it better but being able not fall back into the same thing like we're dealing with mum passing away yeah yeah and you know heal, healing just keep keep it's the the journey that we're on and it, it we're, we're on it I don't know I think we're on it to some degree or, or other for, forever really um and when we when when we grow up hiding everything, suppressing everything, not being able to express them. It's a real job to get to the stage where we can recognise them, our feelings, our emotions, where we can express them, where we can move through them. Um, yeah. uh, you, you, know, when I, I, you know, I'm still on that journey. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing that for, forever. And I still catch myself being super busy to, so I'm, not trying not to feel something and you, you know all we can do is keep keep trying yeah uh, yeah I'm, keep, trying, I'm trying to learn a balance like I, yeah yeah I, I am keep keep myself busy but also not so I can process what's going on just trying to find a balance really. yeah and you know and you've got a young family and a job and everything you know you can't just it's not always um a good time to fall into a little bit of despair is it and we have to sort of manage how we can do that but I suppose um for me and by the sounds of it it might be the same for you it's it's not always waiting for the perfect time you know it's it's just allowing uh, allowing ourselves to process stuff when we need to but sometimes we might just have to put that off till a bit later uh, tomorrow or something because of what's happening yeah do you you find that yeah no I agree and do you think that's your biggest challenge at the moment? Maybe. Uh, yes, I would say so. Just trying to process extreme emotion of yeah. sadness and anger when when it does come, because like I said before, I don't I don't want to slip back into what it used to be. Um, and yeah. I'm still working on it. Yeah. 
And, you know, I'm really sorry for the loss of your mum earlier this year. And um, thank you for coming on and talking about it because it's, it's not that long ago. So thank you. No, I, I sometimes forget like how um, how it's, it's not that long at all. But um, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And you touched earlier. I know what, what, what I forgot. I remembered what I was going to say. Um, you, you were talking about um, role models and how and I'm exactly the same. I feel that. Um, you know, my parents um, as well, you know, my stepfather as well, they are, they were all examples to me of what not to do or how not, I didn't want to be a parent like, like they were. Um, And I, 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 you know, people, you know, ask, you know, who you, you know, if somebody said to me, who are your role models? I'm like, I actually don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any other people that uh, that were around in my life that I could say that is how that is the sort of that's the sort of person I want to be. That's how I want to treat people. That's how I want to parent. That's how I want to show up in the world. I don't have those examples. No. Um so I'm forging this way myself. And you know, like I said I was 47 when I finally realized that my mother's drinking had affected me way more than I'd allowed myself to um I'd I I my body knew but I my head was keeping it very you know shoved down it really was and um working so once I'd had therapy working out who I was underneath all that trauma who am I without all that that went on for my parents who am I who is Philippa how do I want a parent how do I want to show up in the world all those things I I wasn't ready for that oh you you know that sort of identity crisis really because I'd always been the the child of that family who was always surviving yeah Did, did did you experience any of that or was your you know your your journey very different um i think um, i think uh, for a long time i felt like martin the survivor i didn't because obviously what was going on and that for a long time i sometimes do like who is martin but i think after learning about Nakoa and stuff I, I felt like oh, oh that's a difficult one sorry yeah no I, I haven't really thought about it to be honest that just um, kind of came up in my head <laughs> yeah I'm not really too sure if I'm honest yeah sorry <laughs> no absolutely and y- you know you've got plenty of time to work that out haven't you and um you know you are you are a great parent I'm sure you are you're you know you're a husband you're all those roles and who you are in all that will 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 be very much part of those roles and the rest of it will come out I'm sure in time yeah yeah, yeah no. maybe that's a middle-aged crisis not not crisis middle-aged question to have and that's <laughs> why I'm asking it um and, and you're like oh god I don't know I haven't even thought of that so uh <laughs> I'll be honest, I've never really thought about it, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah, well, let me know when you, let, let me know when you start to find out. I will, I'm, I'm going to start thinking about that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you think there's any um, particular area of your life 
now that that your childhood experience and being a child of an alcoholic or child of alcoholics in your case, how that still affects you? I mean, of course, it still affects you. But is there a particular area of your life that it affects you now? Um, I think probably, as I said before, is just learning to process emotions. And yeah, stuff. I think that's still a big challenge for me. Um, because uh, I've I've worked through like my self worth and stuff like I think Good. very highly of myself. Good. Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. So I've I've learned to well love love myself and you know appreciate what what I can do and now I don't have that fixation of being perfect. You know, there's no harm in trying to be good, but perfection just doesn't really exist. So I've, I've worked through that, but I think dealing with emotions stream emotions is still quite a challenge at the moment I'm just trying to work through yeah yeah I, I I love that you said that you think you're great well I mean that's my words based on what you said but I you know I've only I've only met you I've only known you for like 40 minutes and I think you're great so that's that's amazing um and I I do think you know compassionate being compassionate with yourself about those extreme emotions, because actually, you know, as a child, you didn't have anybody to help you work through those emotions. So, you know, there is work to do, isn't there? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also when you're quite young and you're discovering all these emotions, you don't really know how to process it, really. And no. it all comes a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah. And, I, you know, there are a lot of experts in the field of childhood trauma who who, you know, say that when we experience childhood trauma, we almost get we miss out on developmental stages. So we don't learn that yeah. bit. And I, yeah, I didn't learn any of that either. When you haven't got um, a parent to to help you experience those emotions and love you through those emotions. I mean, apparently that's what teenage I've got two teenagers at the moment. And I'm desperately trying to be loving and kind through all the emotions. And um, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> um, but I know it's important for me to try my best. And that's all I can do, try my best to help them through this bit. And I know I didn't do this because I say yeah. to them, I say, look, I've got no, I have got no, apart from the fact I'm a woman, your boys, um, and I'm obviously a lot older than you, but I did not go through this stage like you're going through it because I went through it being the good girl, doing everything perfect, as perfect as I could be and not being, not expressing my emotions, not being rebellious, not telling my parents that they know nothing and I know everything, you know, like I'm getting, and apparently what I'm getting is entirely normal and it's like, right, okay, but oh gosh, it's hard. So you've got all that, to, you've got all that to come. <laughs> there's, yeah there's nothing so triggering as having kids I don't think but um the best thing we can do for our children is to do our own work mm. so we don't yeah. pass it on to them yeah I mean when I was younger I always wanted a family in that and you know when when I moved out and I felt like we were coming close to beginning a family I was like I think part of me was like I really need to sort out what's going on so I can be be there for my children and and things like that. I appreciate things will happen and you know you can't always plan it but I knew at that stage I, I needed to work on myself to be there for my children um, yeah I'm so impressed with your insight into yourself 
Oh, thank you. I really am, because I definitely thought that having my children would heal me. Mm. And it didn't. I needed to heal myself. And what I needed to do was heal myself so I didn't pass it on to them. And, you know, you're, you're way ahead of anywhere I was and you're doing all that. And I just think that's amazing. And what a great example to anybody who's listening to this. Thank you. I would also say, like, um, sort of, I've, since we've met, obviously, like, read the things you do and stuff like that. And your journey sounded difficult, but I think the progress you made is is really impressive. So just remember, you are doing a a really good job. So, yeah. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Um. So, how are you doing now? I great. mean, you've told us a little bit. So, yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, obviously with mum passing I'm sort of dealing with that but yeah. I'm loving family life and you know I feel like I've got a good balance um you know I, I'm in a very good place personally um it's just now my new journey begins of sort of dealing with mum's passing which has been quite difficult but yeah I'm yeah. sure it has and uh, um what does the future look like you got any idea? Oh, future. Um, be there for my children, help yeah. help them through life. Um, finding new ways to sort of spread sort of like the story that I tell and um, find new ways of telling it, like doing things like this. I'm, I'm really excited. I never thought I'd do anything like this, to be yeah. fair. Um, yeah, that's that's what it looks like at the moment. That's yeah, good. just a bit, just guiding my children through through life, and that is is very important to me. Yeah, yeah. And could you? Do you think sixteen year old Nathan could have imagined Martin? Why did I call you Nathan? Can you? Did you imagine? Do you think sixteen year old Martin could have imagined that this is where you'd be now? Uh, no, I, I, sixteen year old me thought I wouldn't find anyone that loved me. You know, was I wouldn't be wanted by anyone. Although I had dreams of having my own family, I never thought I'd be in this place. I just thought I'd be in this world, growing up for forever, and kind of just accepted it. But yeah, I never thought this it would turn out like this. Ever sixteen year old me, if I had told that, they would probably shake their head and be like, "No, nah, that 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 was my way of thinking." And but obviously, a lot's happened, and yeah finally got there and that's incredible that is incredible yeah Yeah. thanks for coming and sharing it um today just one last question um I I think I know uh, a little bit what you might say is so my last question is so what brings you joy oh children my children yeah I love love watching them grow up and uh, like I said before just when they're doing new things I, I love it love being a parent um, my family is is really important to me. Um, my friends as well, and also doing the things that I'm doing through, like my social media account. You know, I, I enjoy telling the story and and um, trying to look at new ways of ra- raising awareness from the cola. I really enjoy being helping them and being a part of it. Yeah, that's what that's what that's for me. Yeah, yeah, it, they, they do such important work, don't they? And I, I just wish, I, I know when I was in my early 20s, I looked for um, 
some was there any organization that helped but couldn't find anything but I think I just looked just a little bit too soon because and then I didn't look again and it was only two because I didn't do social media at all until two years ago and when I joined Instagram two years ago I came across a lady in America who posts about um being the child of an alcoholic and she mentioned a UK charity called NACOA. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Went off to look about NACOA and NACOA are like round the corner. Their office is round the corner from where I live. So I live in Bristol. So, um, you know, that has been a great joy to get to know NACOA, the wonderful people who work there. I um, was volunteering on the helpline for a while. I can't do it at the moment because I just can't fit a shift in. It's just not working, but I will go back but I've been to volunteer at events and stuff and it's just incredible. And you tell your story. Um, it, it's amazing being part of something, isn't it? It is. I, I feel like I'm part of a massive family and but yeah. the support I get. So any post I sort of do and uh, people messaging me, um, like when I've done my video with Josh, a lot of people message me and we spoke about various things. Um it, it, it was a, it was amazing it was surprising the kind of positive feedback I got for, but yeah like I said like being part of the Nakoa family and everyone I've met is it's just amazing and they're yeah. so supportive as well yeah unbelievably yeah. supportive well you know you're doing such a great thing telling your story you're being very vulnerable which you know not everybody feels able to do for all sorts of reasons but your vulnerability is really what you know, makes the story come alive for for other people. So, you know, um, you know, thank you for sharing. It really matters. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, so you, I know you post on Instagram as COAs are superheroes. Do, do you just, and hence your t-shirt, I love your super dad t-shirt that you've got on today. Um, uh, do, do you post anywhere else or is that your main platform? Uh, I've just recently started it up on facebook um and i'm kind of sort of filtering from instagram to facebook yeah sort of bring it up to level and then just yeah the, the same thing um i I, st- I started it because i was going through my because i used to post it through my personal one like yeah. my journey and stuff and i just felt like my message was mixed in and yes maybe might not everyone would see it but um yeah i've started with them too i don't know if that will expand i'm not really trying to put pressure on myself i'm just no just slowly build it and just do what i feel is comfortable for me and, and that's the key that's the key you yeah. don't want to push yourself over into it being too much and then stop doing it absolutely keep it where you are comfortable with so anybody who's listening go and check out martin coas are superheroes and um you know, he really has been a superhero for us here today. Um, thank thank you, you so much for joining us. No, thank you. And I, uh, I didn't say it earlier, but I'm really sorry what you went through. But what you're doing at the moment is amazing. And I really appreciate the opportunity you gave me as well. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. Yes, take care. Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. 
If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.